also say a toe to so. You know what? A toe to so. A fucking a toe to so. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this free Bottleman episode. It is me nervously doing radio voice with someone who professionally does radio voice, Riley, with Dan, who doesn't professionally Hello. do radio voice, and returning guest, Raina Duras, who does. Raina, how's it going? Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Your radio <laughs> voice sounds great, Riley. Yes. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I got in this game for. I'm ready to quit. You guys can take the podcast forward from here. <laughs> uh, Radio uh, voice marks achieved. That's right. I finally, uh, the curse is lifted. I can die in peace, and my soul will know rest. You that was your curse. If you, yeah, you have to come up with a great radio voice or else you're going to hell forever. Yep. Riley, Riley had to come up with a great radio voice where he was condemned to haunt this uh, damp British office that Trash Future also inhabits. <laughs> it's been- Ooh, release me. <laughs> uh, the, the other premise that we could go with this, of course, would be um, that uh, I need to save a community center, ice rink, and so on. Uh, and there's a radio voice competition. Uh, and uh, the, the prize money is just enough to stop it from being turned into more oil sands. That's uh, right. And I, I have to go up against uh, uh, Jason Kenny's hothead son, who has like professional voice training. Uh, and meanwhile, you know, I'm learning how to do radio voice and like a, a, a dog fighting uh, pen, you know, uh, some- and, if, and if you make it happen, then your love interest will fall in love with you and have a big kiss at the end. Oh, but not the first love interest. The first love interest I have, she'll turn out to have been like kind of shallow. Uh, it will be the like friend who I didn't know. What is this? This is just a great inspirational radio voice movie. Yeah. There's a little scare at the top of the third act where you get laryngitis. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm about to have my like uh, sort of tea. I see it's been replaced with a milky tea, so I get all phlegmatic. I, and I, I need to draw. I need- see, good call. Yeah. You, you know that you're not supposed to drink. That's a first step. No dairy before you go on air. Yes. No cottage cheese. Yes. No yogurt. Yes. Sparkling water. See, nothing but that. Dangerous, though, because it's full of bubbles. Yeah, yeah that's true. Then you might get the burps. Before I play a show, I like to take a big glass of room temperature yogurt mixed with uh, a little bit of hot water. Not too much hot water. Just enough so uh, just so enough so it's less of a solid and more of a liquid. And then I'm ready to rock. Yeah. That gurgle going. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I mean, black metal has the death growl, uh, whereas you know, alternative rock uh, and experimental rock tends to have more of a sort of sickly gurgle. Yeah, yeah, you got to get that sickly gurgle right. Yeah. That's why everyone look. That's why that's why everyone liked with apologies to Queen Mary. It was all of the sort of throat clearing, all the sickly gurgling that was going on, the emotional gurgling. Um, but uh, we are here. We are here not just to talk, not just to pitch you, the listener, a fantastic radio voice movie. Uh, although that is partly why we're here. Uh, we are here. We are rejoined by Reina to discuss. Uh, O'Toole mania. It's sweeping the nation. It's so exciting. You know, I'm in Philadelphia now, so this is my first time uh, experiencing a Canadian election from abroad uh, and being able to watch it from outside. I guess, Riley, you're in the UK, yeah. so you also understand this. It's uh, it's weird and funny. Yeah. Um, I just voted. I just sent my uh, ballot in. So, I mean, I'm saying this now. If I discover anything new during this podcast... Too bad for me because I already voted. Uh, yeah, they send you, you have to send in three envelopes. Like you put it, one envelope and then another one and another one. The first one is a peel off strip to stick it. And the mm-hmm. other two are licking ones, which I thought was very funny considering it's COVID and you're just sending in saliva samples from all over the world to, uh, to Elections Canada. Also, terrible, did the government not idea. have one envelope supplier? Like how many kickbacks are being distributed to the literally <laughs> dozens of Canadians abroad? Riley, we don't want to look. We don't want to come out against big envelope on this podcast because they'll destroy us. Well, they're controlled by the Irving. Yeah, and they could be a sponsor. Uh, they're control. Big envelope, we know, is controlled by the Irving family, and uh, you don't want to cross them. Uh, but uh, there's something that we've we've all sort of know- come to a consensus on. I think, or Dan and I, we've been talking about this quite a bit. And Raina, you indicated that sort of you felt this way as well. 
This is perhaps the most fucked vibes Canadian election in living memory for us. Yes. Oh, yeah. The vibes are fucked. Yeah. This is bad deeply. vibes. Yeah, I, I, very weird. I almost don't want to vote in this election because I feel like I would. Now, number one, I live in like the the riding I'm registered it to vote in is Niagara Falls still, and like there's barely there's no point. I mean, you could say there's no point voting for any of the major parties, but there's really no <laughs> point voting if you're <laughs> in Niagara Falls. What does it usually go uh, in Niagara Falls? Oh, conservative baby, right? Because okay, that's what it I contains Niagara on the lake uh, and protect those uh, grapes. Yes. And right. uh, wine country, Tory country, the whole thing. Uh, right, right. So, you know, who, who cares about that? But even just seeing it, like, I feel like it almost seems like a, like an election everyone is trying to win by default. You know, it, oh, yeah. It is. Uh, I mean, they, they, it was called because the uh, Liberal Party of Canada seems to be um, Sort of uh, riven with the uh, twin diseases of uh, ambition and complacency, somehow just uncomfortably grinding together, uh, mm. fucking up constantly at every turn. Uh, the Conservative Party seems to have like decided that its way to win is just to try and rerun Aaron O'Toole as sort of like um, like a kind of uh, unusual, like a divorced dad. Yes, strong, so strong divorce dad energy coming off of all the Aaron O'Toole um, graphics. Uh, that thing today with the uh, the pets, the dogs. dogs, the dogs. This was like Insane. the most to me. First of all, Aaron O'Toole's whole campaign has been so funny so far, but this was maybe the funniest one I've seen because it seems very serious. Yeah. And then he'll be like, "We're gonna get tough on abusers who harm women." By abusing their pets. And you're like, wait, what? wait. Wait a minute. No, no, no. It's like, <laughs> hang on. I, I clipped an incredible, there's an incredible sequence near the end of that video where he is pointing at a wall of screens that have pictures of his dog Maddox. Or, uh, Wexford. Wexford, sorry. Wexford. Yeah. Way less his, cool. His dog Wexford. He's he's holding Wexford and showing Wexford pictures of Wexford on a wall of screens, and it's it's fucked. It's it's abs. It's just made me disassociate. Like, what I, is happening? The Conservative Party of Canada will do will uh, allow every dog to experience their own meeting the architect moment in the third matrix. <laughs> he's trying, we will, the conservatives, uh, the conservatives are running on a, we will teach dogs metacognition. <laughs> platform. There's also a shot in it where it's uh the dog is in silhouette, like one of those interviews when the person doesn't yes. want to be identified. Yes. Yes. The whole, it would, it's so strange. It's also Wexford is a neighborhood in Toronto, which a county in a city in Ireland. Yeah. Like, and the nerdiest thing you could ever name your dog, I feel like. Yeah, it's Wexford. Yeah, that, so, so cute. We all have to know about Wexford and we have to watch Wexford watching Wexford to make a point about feminism. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's like ostensibly about animal cruelty, but I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure that uh, abuse is already illegal uh, of both animals and uh like domestic abuse is also illegal already. And then puppy mills, he's like, we're going to outlaw. Aren't puppy mills not allowed in most places already? Like, is anyone going to argue that we shouldn't hurt dogs for no reason? <laughs> like, it's not a promise. What is it saying? It's the, uh, I've read the, I've actually read the entire conservative manifesto to pick out the bits of, um, the bits of it that are relevant to sort of our frequent bugbears on this show. Um, and mostly the manifesto seems to be like them saying, we're going to make crime illegal and we're going to, we're going to make Thank crime God. illegal and we're going to finish a bunch of stuff that's already happening. And most of what they seem like they're actually going to do is again, like a lot of sort of shifting pieces. It's a bit of a three card Monty, this manifesto, you know, there are, there, there are sort of some uh, things that appear to be giveaways, some like tax holidays, but generally speaking, they're just like, oh, we're gonna make crime so illegal. <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna finally get tough on China. You know. Meanwhile, doesn't it, it kind of seem like this election was like a pop quiz that like no one, including the people who called it, were prepared for? Like, yeah. Well, then there was that great um, thing from I guess last week or the week before where Aaron O'Toole was asked about poppers, 
And he oh, was like, man, oh, yes. we should legalize poppers. Yes. And it's like you were you, you weren't expecting that question, but you apparently have a stance on it. Like, what should we ask for next? Like, can you legalize everyone getting a nitrous balloon every time they go to a concert? This is, Do that. <laughs> this, this is the first ever election that I really feel could Instead of having a debate, they could just do scenes from a hat. Like they, they don't, yeah, they, totally, yeah. totally. They could, they could do. We could get like Colin Mockery in, you know, Wayne Brady. They could have a good time. But I don't think that any of them are serious. I mean, look, if you're gonna try to run Canada, it's not a serious country. Uh, it doesn't have. It has serious things that it's doing, but like whether or not those should continue, such as like our, you know, NATO continued membership in NATO, our sort of. Um, oil sands extraction are sort of trampling on indigenous land and stuff. Those are so far out of bounds of what is being discussed by any of the major parties that we can say that our political system is fundamentally unserious. And I, it has never felt more unserious than this election. Yeah. Yeah. I think the dichotomy, the, 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 the strangeness, the fucked vibes are just emanating from the fact that Things are actually kind of getting super serious in Canada, you know, yeah. like like on a lot of different fronts, and uh, and and the unseriousness of of these campaigns is just uh, like the the dis the distortion between those two is just too much for the human mind to comprehend. Yeah, the election itself reflects none of the actual serious things that are happening. It was like what Aaron O'Toole's other one where he said, "Oh, well, there'll just be no GST for like December." Sure, like, sure, that's man. Not a, that's not a policy. That's just like a sale. <laughs> that's, that's not that far. That's not that far away from like Dave Ozone Clark's uh, mayoral pitch. You know, like everybody's gonna get free beer uh, if I win uh, at my at my favorite bar. At this point, you know what? Fuck it. I'm writing in Ozone for my for. I, I'm declaring this now. I will write in David Ozone Clark, a man running to be mayor of Calgary. From a snowmobiling forum, I'm gonna write him in for my <laughs> my ballot for Niagara Falls. Um, yes. I've never heard of this guy. Oh, well, we've discussed him pretty extensively on the show. I will fill you in after after the recording. Okay, great. Uh, suffice to say, he's the only man who you could say has ever quote. This is uh, I'm sort of pulling back from something Caleb said when we talked about him on the show. He's the only man who's ever successfully challenged someone to a snowmobile accident. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? We will, we will, we okay. will review it later. But yeah. one of the things I want to talk about, right before we get into the actual manifestos, is this like what I just the single greatest. I get this just a a wet squib of consent manufacturing around O'Toole mania. Yes. Something that seems to have been dreamed up in this sort of addled and twisted minds of like of the of like the MLI and National Post opinion page. Trying to explain why, yeah, like why the main opposition party is surging after a complacent uh, governing party calls an election, fucks it up badly after having, again, like, I don't know, not exactly handled a global crisis in the most or in fact, many interlocking overlapping crises, domestic and international, having kind of badly flubbed most of them for a while. And, yes. and and this is now being chalked up to, yeah, the, the raw charisma of this, you know, uh, dog botherer. Who's the, earthy sec <laughs> the earthy sexual uh, magnetism of one Aaron O'Toole. Well, have you seen him in a t-shirt, guys? Uh, have you yeah. seen him in a black t-shirt and a black uh, leather jacket? <laughs> absolutely. He's, he's absolutely, yeah, divorced dad in a Subaru. And yet we are being informed by our uh, grotesque media that this man is somehow inspiring is generating some kind of personality cult again i think that if we want to trace this back to the same fucked vibes it's we're we're sending out copies of copies of copies of copies to deal with things that you know might require something else and the concept of o'toole mania is a borderline in he may win but it, it the idea that it's because this like you know, thumb is any kind of powerhouse of charisma is insulting. Where do they find these guys? Like, where are they coming from? They all vaguely look the same. I have a, th I have a theory that they are, um, they are grown in a in a lab, uh, somewhere outside <laughs> of somewhere outside of Yellowknife. There's an underground facility 
And if you uh, were to hold them down and pull their shirts up, you would you would not find uh, a belly button. Just yeah, it feels s- like they're like they're made of donuts, like actually made of donuts. <laughs> yes, I mean, we're, I, I feel like worse than the um, worse than the people who are pushing O'Toole mania are the people like Justin Ling and Max Fawcett who are um, pushing the conservative platform, which Riley, you're about to uh, illuminate us on, but. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, the people who are the the like quote unquote like centrist liberals who are like actually the conservative platform has a lot of great points on it, and it's just like uh, just just admit <laughs> it, just admit it. You're a fucking conservative. You're not a liberal. Yeah, you just like you, you just you, don't want to look like you're not cool. You and it, you're scared. It's a sideshow Bob thing. Like you long for the iron fist. Like, <laughs> uh, well, okay. So let's uh, let, let's let's take a look at a little bit of. Uh, before we get into that, though, right, I think it's worth remembering that the consent that's being manufactured around O'Toole Mania says, A, uh, this guy is, you know what it is? He's being sold as Canada's Josh Hallway uh, because they were like, okay, well, we don't like Andrew. We, Andrew Shear, that didn't work. Maxime Bernier, yeah, no that didn't that. work. Nobody no likes that up that here. No, the guys were just like, oh, I'm going to run the Trump playbook. It, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, it just didn't work up here. Um, and now they're like, okay, well, what if we get Aaron O'Toole, this guy who's going to be like, do the Josh Hawley thing, where it's like, oh, no, it's the more um, uh, 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 ideologically squared circle of you know mm-hmm. making that kind of thing more acceptable, where he's, oh, yeah, he's doing some giveaways to, he's doing, he's doing economic nationalism, but like without the rudeness, basically, without the only thing that was good about Trump. Yes. Except that, like a while back, wasn't his slogan "Take our country back"? Like it, it, this, he feel like he went through a PR like machine very quickly yeah. before this election 100%. really got rolling. It was it was a lot of a lot of like wording around secure. I mean, it's still secure is the main oh, secure the future. Yeah, yeah, secure the future, and uh, we are not going to ask for who and in how many words that they are expressing that. Uh, and against what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, China. Uh, primarily, uh, wouldn't you want? Wouldn't you guess it? Um, no. So the the what we're being told, and again, don't forget, right? Every time that there has been one of these, um, uh, you know, like, like right wing economic nationalists, whatever you want to call them, that get swept to power because liberal opinion journalists and liberal meaning center right and center left have no frame of reference outside like them and their awful friends. They just assume that it was um, lower middle class union workers, generally speaking, who sweep these people mm-hmm. to power, who then either frighten or excite them. In the case of O'Toole, he seems to be exciting them for some reason. Uh, but in every, in, in every case that that's happened, Britain, America, etc., it is uh, almost overwhelmingly uh, well, wealthier, more middle class suburban and exurban homeowners. Uh, so, you know, already like... There is this massive, massive, massive push to say, "Oh, O'Toole's doing Canada first. He says he is his offering is for lower middle class union workers." Um, and this this one uh, particular article is the, from the Conversation, uh, a, a website I just continue to go back to. Uh, says, "What? What is it called? It's called the Conversation." Oh, uh, sounds intriguing. Converse, <laughs> please. Can I be part of it? Uh, I think we're part of it now, friends. Sorry, I just went to the conversation. Oh no, they're just it, the, one of the second thing on it is: is it a crime to forge a vaccine card? And what's the penalty for using a fake? <laughs> Which I'm sure is just a good faith exploration of that topic, and not uh, for anyone who wants to do it. Uh, so uh, basically, right? It's the the article was you know how, how Aaron O'Toole's strategy to win over union voters could work, and this was from some months ago, but it seems to be like it seems to be kind of what's running, right? says, uh, Unifor, Canada's largest private sector union, has been employing Canada-first rhetoric for some time in an effect effort to protect some of the jobs of its members. Uh, but while union leaders set out to defeat O'Toole, his Conservative Party will be undermining that effort by playing to the very economic nationalist fears, angers, and resentments that some union leaders have been stirring for decades. So yeah, it turns out uh, the right and the left, same thing. Thank you, The Conversation. But that's what it, that you need to do. You basically need to go sit... It, if you want to believe the this sort of general horseshoe theory of Aaron O'Toole, uh, y- you will first need to sit in a closed garage with your car on for a while, and then maybe it'll yeah. make sense. 
Um, no, and so let's let's talk about a few of a few things, right? There, it's a long manifesto of many pages, uh, but uh, I picked out some of the things that are relevant to us. So the things we've talked about on the show many times. Let's talk about celebrating Canadian heritage, shall we? Oh yeah. Oh boy. Did you both know <laughs> that Canada has a rich heritage? As one of the world's oldest constitutional democracies, which needs to be more effectively highlighted and taught to future generations? Yeah. I mean, I guess I... Sure. That's, that's a really loaded question. Like, what part am I supposed to know that it's an old sure. constitutional monarchy or that I believe all those other things? Sorry, I, I, I added the question element of it. So, unfortunately, many of our public monuments and heritage buildings are in a state of disrepair. That is why Canada's Uh-oh. conservatives... Oh, God. That is why Canada's conservatives, check this out, will... Finish the Victims of Communism Memorial. Yes. That's yes. the first. It's in a state of disrepair because it never got fucking built. It's not done yet. And it should not be finished. It should not oh be finished. It's going to be a... It's going to be in a state of disrepair after they build it. That's for sure. I want to know, like, what is your life like if that is your priority? Yeah, like, like, I can't... I get up every day... I like make my breakfast, go to work, drive my car. I'm just like you, you know, man. I sit down to a big room temperature bowl of mayonnaise at the start of every day. Uh, I sit in the in the garage with the door closed, and I just think about how much I wish that Victims of Communism Memorial be finished. And then I just think of the my biggest life. number I can, and I write it down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> 40 trillion dead no iphone uh, god damn and also they're going to provide 75 million dollars in grants to municipal governments specifically for the restoration of historical monuments statues and heritage buildings so yeah cool. so the norman bethune statue here will get a will get a touch up i'm oh, sure absolutely uh I, i'm sure it's they're just going to erect a gigantic mecca ryerson uh who's going to stand on the eaton center uh, you know, this is why I can't vote conservative. I can't see any of these statues where I am. Why would I care? Yeah. This, this is not a good offer to Canadians abroad, O'Toole. Okay. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do about the, the statues in Trafalgar Square? There's one empty yeah. plinth that gets filled by pop art and it always sucks. Get in the get in the Ryerson Mecca. Get in the Ryerson Eva. Fucking Kian, get in there. You have to do it. You have to pilot it. We don't care that it's driving you insane. <laughs> Get in or Faith will have to do it again. Come down to Philadelphia. <laughs> replace a statue of Frank Rizzo with Sir John A. Macdonald. That's what I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, that's right. Let's confuse some <laughs> Americans. Let, c- carry on the proud tradition of Rick Mercer. Oh, my God. Uh, so that was, that was the, my favorite. Obviously, I'm sure everyone knows that what I did is I opened up the conservative manifesto, hit uh, Apple F, and then Victims of Communism. <laughs> And I was very nice. pleased to see an old friend in there. Um, so I, I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that uh, uh, this is just one uh, great example of uh, bipartisan cooperation, of course. Uh, but here's another, another thing that sort of comes up in the Conservative Manifesto from our Calgary episode. Uh, did you know that they are going to unleash innovation? Uh, oh, good. Yeah. Because well, that's great. Yeah, we've been doing, <laughs> yeah. we've been having no iPhone. Right, we had BlackBerry. Now, no BlackBerry. Uh, we're going to unleash innovation because Canadians are among the most innovative people on earth. Which is, of course, why we why we love to list the like seven famous Canadian inventors uh, anytime. Yes. Like we talk to an American, it's uh, Watson and Crick, uh, Alexander Graham Bell, uh, Brent Butt, Brent Butt, of course, <laughs> uh, Wayne Gretzky, inventor of the slap shot. Uh, Tim Horton, inventor of using the entire thing of a donut, uh, and and uh, and who can forget the rest? Uh, you know, Roger Tarsans, who invented, uh, you know, <laughs> etc. Uh, so this year marks a century since Canadian innovation gave the world. Oh, I didn't even read ahead. Insulin saving millions, millions of lives. The other ones. Uh, we have one of the world's most talented workforces in towns and cities from coast to coast. Canada has great advantages that should make it the best place on earth to launch and grow an innovative business. And yet all too often, innovators run into barriers here. Um, probably mostly because there aren't very many people. Uh, <laughs> most, of the, the, most of the tech innovation goes on elsewhere. Uh, why do we want uh, there to be like self-driving cars just sort of decking every ambulance that tries to pick anyone up? 
I should be able to build a boutique nuclear reactor in the alley behind my building. And it's, <laughs> it's the government's fault that I can't. <laughs> I have the control. I have the control rods. Uh, uh, Running into a lot of red tape yeah. with the liberal government mm-hmm. won't let you do it. Well, they're not just going to cut red tape. They're actually going to help you uh, raise funds uh, because uh, we're going to unleash innovation and create jobs. So number one, they're going to do the thing that, um, and again, like what I found so funny, we talked about the conservative manifesto a little bit like last episode, right? Just a bit where I noticed that they pull, they pinched a policy from uh, British Chancellor Rishi Sunak sponsoring people to go to eat inside restaurants that has a huge fucking death toll here because they did it before we had vaccines. Um, mm. So he pinched that policy. And so now the conservatives are offering that. They pinched another stupid conser- British conservative policy. Completely just whole cloth just changed um, British to Canada um, where they said the investment that they're making is going to be managed by a new Canada Advanced Research Agency headquartered in Calgary. So we're going to make Canadian DARPA. Oh, God. Come on, man. <laughs> come on. Why not? Canadian, Canadian DARPA better, better be working on a, a human singularity project or something like something cool like that. Oh, no, don't get cool. If we don't get mechs out of this, then I'm not interested. <laughs> don't care. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an Evangelion, but instead of the giant power cable, it's just... A uh, pipeline that goes to oil sands. We made an evangel- We've made an Evangelion that runs on uh, liberal tiers and yes. is connected to the oil sands. Yeah. Um, Five minute operational cycle um, only works Calgary to Edmonton. That's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we must protect the geofront of Calgary Three. Uh, <laughs> so. Basically, yeah, there's, so there's going to make a Canadian DARPA, which again, it's what like Britain did because we were like, oh, of course, we're going to have British DARPA because, you know, w- we don't have the institutional uh, 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 framework in order for us to invent the next Internet. Again, imagining mm-hmm. that just like what you need to do is to that the framework is just that the institutional framework to take that so literally to mean we don't have an office for inventing the Internet. <laughs> The, uh, this is crazy. Like the idea that 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 a bureaucratic institutional framework that belongs solely to like a social democracy in the West is going to come up with something as good as the internet, as as quote unquote good as the internet again is insane. Like, there's no way those days are done, man. It's over. It like, also feels very Canadian in that it's like a reboot of something else. Yeah, we're gonna do like yeah. Family Feud again or Canadian Idol. <laughs> Or Canadian DARPA. Uh, and also, the, they're doing do another thing, though, and this is pure Canada. They're going to take a Canadian win from another sector and apply it to the tech sector, which is uh, <laughs> the special kind of flow-through entity that mining companies get to, list as, that get to register as in Canada so they can list on the Canadian stock exchanges while paying barely any Canadian tax. We're going to do that, but also for like Facebook or whatever. If you want to do a tech company in Canada, you can have like a mining company style pass through entity if you want to. So, uh, I, I, yeah, that, that sucks. Why? Oh. Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> um, what is what is the benefit? Uh, I mean, okay, in theory, right? Uh, the benefit is that we're going to create some kind of um, like uh, we're going to do like a Malcolm Gladwell thing where a bunch of smart people are going to get together, have like unexpected coffees and then I don't know, invent like, I don't know, a, a pair of pants that jacks you off or whatever. Right. Guelph. <laughs> we're going to we're going to get Neom to Guelph. <laughs> we're going to make a Neom that's the entire length of the Canadian southern border. Um, uh, now, that's why you would. That's the ostensible reason. Right. Is that. You have some theory of how wealth is created, which basically involves tech people having annoying conversations. And we need to bring as many of those tech people in as we can so they can have many, many annoying conversations. Uh, Nothing's ever gone wrong when this is, they've done this before. No. Like when tech people are all in one place, everything's usually fine. The city is totally fine. Yeah. Nothing bad comes out of it. This sounds like a great idea. Absolutely. Look, all the way around. If you want to catch a bus in San Francisco, there are like 30 different startups that have all invented it this week. You know, <laughs> I feel like this is just paving the way for like legalizing, uh, you know, like uh, 
setting up a Bitcoin mining operation around uh, like a decommissioned oil well and calling it like a part of a new green deal, you know? Yeah. The word mining is all that really matters here. Oh, yeah. Of course. (laughs) That's all we need. Um, And let's see. Uh, another couple of big ones. Uh, the um, the gig economy. Uh, what they're going to do is they are going to create a. They're not going to number one. Uh, the only solution to the gig economy problem is, of course, require people to be cu- classed as workers. I don't think. Uh, uh, as far as I know, I don't think. I think maybe the NDP might be saying something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, the mm-hmm. conservatives and liberals certainly aren't. Uh, the conservatives have said they want to create a basically like portable employee savings account so that instead of your employer having to give you a pension, you can have like save fun bucks from your piecework, basically. Fuck. No. No, no. Yeah. No. Fuck that. <laughs> the, you don't fix the gig economy with more gigs. Like. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but the money will grow tax free. So for like uh, the two dollars you get from like dropping off a, sorry, I only know Deliveroo because it's what's in Britain. But from dropping off a yeah. Canadian Deliveroo, uh, Deliveroo that sounds so much cuter than what we have. <laughs> sounds yeah. Australian is what it sounds like. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. It's it's a proud tradition of uh, the Brits just kind of here's what I reckon Australia is like and naming businesses after it. Um, but it's it's will be if you you can take your penny that you get from your piecework and you can put it into your fun bucks account. And then you can take it out later tax-free once it's grown at the very high, I assume, interest rates uh, that we have available right. to us in savings accounts. Um, this is kind of like in the States where uh, on certain health insurance plans, you get a health savings account where like, like we put some of your money in this account and you can just pay for your health care from this account that is, I think it's tax less. I still don't understand how things work entirely here, but you get like a debit card uh-huh. for it. You get a health debit it, card. They tell you like the way it's presented is like, this is a great option. We're creating so much choice and freedom for you. And it's like, can you just pay for my health care instead? You You don't get to pick what you want. What if you get a broken arm? You should be able to get like an MRI for your leg. You want yeah, or nothing, yeah. if or, you want, or you should get some popsicle sticks, tape them together, and make yourself a splint. Yeah, maybe you don't want to get an MRI. Maybe you just want to buy like uh, potato chips at Vons. You know, you can use that your. That should be your code. choice. Um. All right. Let's let's talk about uh, China because they they're gonna crack down. China. This is this this is for example a perfect example of something where it's like they're promising to do something that is either already sort of not illegal, but like. I don't know, um, something you would do if you're in geopolitical competition with another power uh, or mm-hmm. something they can't do. They're going mm-hmm. to crack down on the efforts of the Chinese Communist Party to infiltrate Canadian institutions and intimidate Chinese Canadians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a little more to add on this later. Um, I've got some inside dope from uh, CSIS, but well, yeah. Oh, perfect. Finally, I, I hope they're paying us. Uh, so yeah, that's yeah. We're we're finally gonna we're gonna outlaw <laughs> infiltration by a foreign power. We're gonna crack down on that. <laughs> uh, it's like yeah, fine, whatever. But also, they're gonna okay. ban Huawei from participating in five G. Uh, of course they are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, I'm sure Canadian companies will do great at that. Um, but also, here's another couple of things. I'll run through the last few here. Uh, obviously, with energy, they're like we want to support. It almost doesn't bear talking about because it's like, you know what it is, right? We're going to continue giving massive subsidies to uh, oil companies and extractive industries, but we're going to say these subsidies are for you to decarbonize oil, you know? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, to decarbonize oil. Wait. You know, well, okay. to take the oil that has carbon and then find a way with all the money to right. decarbonize Get that carbon oil. out of there. So it's like imaginary. Yes. No, I mean, you've had sugar-free Coca-Cola before, right? Right. Like, it can be done. We just uh, yeah. we just need Canadian DARPA to get on it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, their, their argument, right, is that uh, no one is invested, is that if no one invests in the Canadian oil industry, then the Canadian oil industry won't have the money it needs to be more green. Mm-hmm. So... It sounds like they're just saying, like, we're going to innovate ourselves out of all of these problems. Yes. And that's what we're going to do. <laughs> like, that's not a plan. <laughs> it really isn't. 
Yeah, I mean, there's, it's basically, uh, that's what it is. It's like taking climate, here's what it is. Taking climate change seriously includes not letting critical greenhouse gas reducing projects be held up by red tape and lengthy reviews. We'll fast track review of emissions reducing projects to get shovels in the ground. But all of this is in the context of investing massively in oil companies and encouraging the massive investment in oil companies. So it's like, it's sort of just, it's almost like, yeah, don't, don't look at it. Don't right. worry. That's a, a wizard will do it. I feel like if I were, you know, a tech bro asshole right now and the conservatives won, you'd be thrilled. You'd be like, this is like basically I could just take over Canada. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like I, he's going to give me all this money to innovate and then you could just grift around forever. Like saying you're going to invent the new Facebook yeah. or something or decarbonize. I'm going to invent a, a version of Facebook that has uh, that does greenhouse gas reducing oil. I'm going to make carbon negative oil. All I need is $5 billion. Um, but you can have it if Aaron O'Toole is in charge. Well, uh, also here, but hey, here's some, here's some red tape he's putting up, uh, which is very funny. Just another just sort of pe- just just piece of culture war shit that just washed ashore in the manifesto. Uh, is to pass a critical infrastructure protection act to prevent protesters from blocking key infrastructure regarding energy. Ah, uh, yeah, and that's going to be like, yeah, he's going to basically he's going to put that in the criminal code. So wait, so that would be like protesting against a pipeline. Yeah, if you basic if you protest against a pipeline in a way that like I don't know blocks a blocks anyone from doing anything related to the extractive industries or that may um delay those extractive industries getting getting their products to market then uh you're now a criminal right yeah. so it's outlying protest essentially <laughs> it's, it's it's punishable yeah. by right. summary conviction or indictment um nice peaceful protest is a fundamental right in canada but respect for the rule of law means illegal blockades that shut down critical infrastructure cannot be tolerated so uh peaceful protest is good uh just uh don't do it or if you're going to do yeah. it then maybe write a strongly worded letter or, uh, I don't know, maybe check your uh, oil Facebook, because uh, certainly don't do anything. <laughs> um, but there's more than just mining. Canada is more than just uh, you know, three mining and oil companies in a trench coat. It's also a number of uh, other monopolies uh, that, uh, extra- that uh, extract more on the basis of rentierism than um, you know, sort of pure, uh, sort of natural, uh, uh, laying waste to the natural world. Um, they're going to finally... After 30 years of successive governments, both liberal and conservative, failing to lower people's mobile and internet bills, lower mobile and internet bills. And yeah, we'll see. And they're going to do that by holding big telecom providers accountable. <laughs> Again, what the, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, no, sure doesn't. They're going to call them in. Is what they're going to do. Oh, we're going to cancel you online on our oil Facebook. You will not be... Uh, not welcome. It doesn't even make sense because you can't even get on oil Facebook without them. So God damn it. They've got us at every turn. Already a problem. In the- <laughs> they, won't, they won't be able to invest in Canadian DARPA. You know? yeah. They won't be part of that <laughs> new infrastructure. So, well, that's the other thing that's very funny, right? Earlier, they were like, we will not allow any Chinese companies to you know, engage in any kind of infrastructure building. But we are going to allow other foreign telecommunications companies to provide services to Canadian customers, provided the same treatment is reciprocated for Canadian companies in that company's country. So it's basically like, don't worry, we're going to solve it by letting more people into the market. But every time they do that, it just reproduces the same monopoly structure. Yeah, it's so weird how that happens. That's all real strange. Very strange. Uh, And also they say they're actually going to connect all of Canada to high-speed internet by 2025. Again, I imagine by asking a wizard. Um, And uh, crucially, though, uh, lowering food prices. We're also going to tackle those grocery monopolies. and they are going oh. to do that by increasing the maximum fine for price fixing from 24 to 100 million um, and induce okay. and introduce criminal penalties for executives if they do any price fixing. But again, they'll have to actually charge them. Yeah, it doesn't actually do anything about the rising price of groceries unless unless you have proof that there's fixing and that you're actually going to, yeah. like you said, charge and, them. Yeah, and even if they do charge them, it's like, what's to stop those companies from just absorbing that cost and continue rise, uh, raising prices? Correct. And fixing yeah, them. like how much money does the Weston family have? They yeah. can afford a fine. It'd just be like, we can do this all day. You know? <laughs> well, it's even if they introduce criminal penalties for executives for price fixing, then what's going to happen is that 
uh, the the salaries because again the the Weston family can absorb any any cost basically mm-hmm. the salaries for grocery executives are going to go way up until they find people who are willing to risk jail time. Yes, exactly. There it is, and that's just going to become a cost of doing business. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get a criminal penalty. Like, so you're gonna get I don't know a misdemeanor or whatever, or they're gonna send you to golf jail. Uh, but uh, but like. The Canadian grocery industry likes that it that there's like you know ten people in it who can just fix the prices of not just bread but also meat apparently, uh, and they're not going to stop just because like we've quadrupled the peppercorn fine that you get from from breaking the law. It is see if the conservatives are smart, they would just promise everybody in the country a twenty five dollar Loblaws gift card, yeah. just like they did when they fixed. Just do it now, yeah. Instead, and be like, this will protect you from future fixings. Preemptive uh, handles. We're fixing yeah. it preemptively. Yeah, Here's your twenty five bucks. You should be. We fine. don't think they're gonna they're gonna fix. We don't think they're gonna increase prices by more than twenty five bucks a year. So we're just gonna give that to you yearly. Yes. <laughs> That's more effective than just being like, we're going to wag our fingers harder. Harder than ever will we wag them. Yeah. Also, like, let's not pretend that the people who uh, run the grocery stores in this country aren't going to be pals with the people who run the country. Yeah. It's not like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're talking about a small enough pool of people as if they all decided to high five each other, all of their hands would touch. You know? <laughs> yes, Exactly. Uh, and, and finally, before I sort of hand off for the liberals and NDP, sorry, we've gone really long on the Tories because they're where the political excitement is, of course. Uh, oh, yeah. But they're going to make for finally, Energy. they're going to fix it. We've all got O'Toole. I've got O'Toole mania. Like I'm like a sort of you know, German peasant in the 13th century and everyone in my town has O'Toole mania. Uh, and yeah, then we're, yeah, you know, it's, it's like air got poisoning. You know, yeah. you're, yeah. you're going to start seeing visions. uh some, Dancing. Yeah. O'Toole will appear before you in his ceremonial black t shirt. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be killed for heresy by a lansnecht. <laughs> um, don't, don't tell me if that's the wrong time period. I don't care if they're not from the 12th century. Uh, talk to someone else about it. Uh, so, how they're going to fix the. Uh, the lansnecht was a black powder. They, they, were, a, they, were like a, they had like a, a gun. Uh, they wouldn't have been. Uh, anyway, that's fine. Uh, look, here's doesn't what, matter. Doesn't matter. Here's how they're going to fix the housing crisis. Um, they are going to uh, remove many of the uh, stress tests, and they're going to expand mortgage insurance. Uh, Means that right. prices are going to keep rising, but people will be able to get more indebted. But that's mm. never gone wrong anywhere before, right? No. No, Especially not no, in Canada. There's no yeah, precedent no. for that. No. I mean, no. No, I don't remember anything. No. So it's like, yeah, don't worry. But, uh, We're going to lower the quality of mortgages by reducing the need for stress tests. Um, and also, because like one of the reasons, we've, as we've explored in the show before, one of the reasons that Canada has such sky-high house prices, one of the reasons among many, uh, but like the, the sort of fundamental, um, you might say, like transaction relationship driving it is the fact that so many mortgages are just federally uh, federally insured. Um, and the more mortgages are federally insured, the more low-quality loans can be given out. And therefore, the more house buying can happen. Because that's the only way to keep people moving through the housing market while also keeping the housing house prices rising forever, but without wages rising concomitantly. The only way to do that is to basically have the state take on more and more and more and more of the risk. Uh, which means that like, yeah, the house prices just keep rising forever. And people get more and more indebted each subsequent generation. And Aaron O'Toole is like, pretty good. We're going to stay the course. Uh, so when, uh, I don't know, brain dead liberal journalists, uh, you know, liberal uh, um, lowercase l, uh, read this manifesto and look at it as a smart and serious document, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're, no, they're not reading it. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> they're not actually reading any of this shit. Justin Ling didn't sit down and read the conservative party platform. Well, then why the fuck work. did I? <laughs> God damn it. I've been had again. That's funny. Because you're a real journalist, Riley. <laughs> you can tell because of the voice. Yes. Uh, all right. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, to my, my learned friends, uh, that's all I have on the, on the Tories. Uh, shall we? Shall we discuss uh, the and and everyone's uh, favorite feckless orange losers, the NDP, or uh, everyone's uh, favorite feckless red losers, the Liberals? 
I will admit, first of all, I'm sad I already sent that ballot in because after hearing the Tory platform, I mean, yeah, you, made a you got some buy- you got some buyer's remorse. Right? <laughs> yeah. Damn, um, I didn't even know. You, to did, be fair. you didn't read the you didn't read the platform thing about innovation where they're like at Canadian DARPA, we will create clones that will all have perfect radio voice <laughs> and no longer need to pay people to host radio shows. Oh yeah. God, yeah, no, I don't want that actually. Mm. No, to be to be fair, did they say anything? They didn't even mention radio on that. Hurts my feelings a little bit. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, sorry, they're going to the defund uh, the CBC. Oh, oh yeah, just the TV it. department. I did see yeah. that. They they're, they want to defund CBC's television division, but not the radio well, it's, side. It's, or they're probably going to get rid of some of it. It's because they cap the conservatives captured CBC Radio during the Harper administration. So it's. I like, wonder if they could ever get away with actually defunding all that stuff. I feel like they couldn't. Yeah, but I I don't, I don't know. know. What they want to do though is they do want to. Uh, is they do want to like boost the role of radio of, of Radio Canada, um, uh, to promote uh, francophone language and culture. So uh, thank you. That's um, them fishing for votes in Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, uh, we are we're bas- yeah we're basically gonna like uh, yeah like like def- def- we're just gonna get rid of all the bits of CBC that aren't um, aren't friendly to us. Which again, people have been trying to do that with the BBC in the UK and like. When the, when they're not trying to do that, the BBC is quite right wing. When they are trying to do that, then the BBC, in order to appease them, becomes quite right wing. So, <laughs> you know, doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, that's sort of the the curse of like public radio and public media. I feel like when it's directly funded by the government, there's <laughs> because it detracts people who are usually more on the left side of things. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you can never win. You're like either too left or you're too left. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but it was, let's, let's talk about the, let's talk a little bit about the, the NDP. I'm sorry. I called them feckless orange losers without first hearing what their platform was. Well, you know, I will admit I, uh, Definitely did not go as deep as you did on yours, uh, partly because it's not as nearly as funny, the NDP's platform. Uh, I mean, one thing that recently did just happen is uh, they're going to or they want they want to rename a riding in Toronto after Jack Layton, which is nice, I guess. Uh, But why are we doing this? Um, (laughs) This is the thing. Like, I feel like, have you guys ever played SimCity? I used to play a lot of SimCity. Like when you just sit around and name things, like you'd be like, this is called Lake Bitch Mm -hmm. or like whatever. And like, (laughs) and it doesn't really do, the the city Uh, doesn't notice any of that stuff. Yeah. It doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. Um, But yeah, I mean, they uh, said they're going to cancel up to $20,000 in federal student debt per student, mm-hmm. which I guess is, is pretty good. Uh, stop loan payments during the pandemic and eliminate student debt interest. But I feel like the stopping loan payments during the pandemic, it's like, first of all, it's sort of a nebulous mm-hmm. thing. Like, when do when does it end? When is it over? And it's yeah. been going on for 18 months. And you're like the opposition. Like- yeah. Come on, it's like it's, yeah. it's also like what it's easy you, to say that it's it's also very easy to be like um it's it, what I find is the reason like look I, if I if gun to my head if I had to vote for a major Canadian party and that's the only way I will vote for a major Canadian party uh, I would probably I, I, if I had to go with one it would be them um but like just the the fact that you're there as the le- as the leftmost political party in a country that best leftmost major political party in a country that basically has a liberal hegemony and you still negotiate yourself down to canceling like little bits of student debt and again yeah. it's as we said an unserious political organization yes yeah i mean they say they eventually want to make post secondary education free it's like well eventually once again yeah, like, time. what's your plan for that? Like, yeah. wh- wh- how are you going to achieve that goal? <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know about you guys, but most of the people I knew when I was in university who, like, I ended up paying, I think I didn't use a federal or provincial loan. I got, like, a bank loan because I was going back after taking time off school. Mm-hmm. Complicated, not interesting. Um, but most people I knew who did get student loans got OSAP. So it was the Ontario Mm-hmm. student loan mm-hmm. which is not mm-hmm. federal did you guys have I got a, federal loans i got a bank loan to go to school yeah. mm-hmm. and then i uh yeah, same. <laughs> never completed my studies and paid it off uh two years into wolf parade uh making <laughs> like normal people money <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, but I mean, I guess I don't know that many people who have federal student debt. That just might be me. I don't know how much that, how common that is. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I thought yeah, I that was kind of interesting. Uh, there was, they want to abolish the Senate, which I'm always for. I think that should go. Put Linda Frum out of a job, please. <laughs> Get rid of the Senate. Wonderful well, news. She's stepping down though, right? Isn't that right? She's like, Is she? I think I so. Keeping up. Yeah. Yeah. But well, that's great either way. Then we win no matter what. Yes. Um, uh, they said, let me just take a look here. Oh, they want to make social media platforms legally responsible for the removal of hate and extremist content. This is one of those things where I mean? just, what does that mean? Like, it feels like something you just say you want to do. Like the RCMP are going to go to uh, Cupertino or like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just drag me knocking on the door. RCMP, freeze. (laughs) (laughs) Drop the Pepe. (laughs) Um, And I guess like, you know, the exciting thing that they've talked about for a long time and I think people would love is National Pharmacare. Uh, I know that's a big one that they like to talk about. Um, Again, it's it's a big, ambitious idea that would be wonderful. Uh, But any of these... There are lots of really nice things in the NDP platform, mm-hmm. of course. But, you know, what it's like to be Canadian is you look at it all and you think, well, how will this ever actually, like, if the NDP can't get in power, yeah, then, you know, what's going to, how will this ever happen? Also, and even if they do, do yeah, get in power, it's kind of, it's, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, where was this, where was this like six months ago? Like, mm-hmm. all the... Yeah, all the pandemics that related stuff in the NDP's platform. It's just like, and the liberals' platform for that matter. It's just like, where was this energy six months ago? Where was this energy in August of two thousand twenty? You know, and like, yeah, it, the thing is right. Like, if the other problem is right, is we've seen the NDP in power, right? We've seen what it is that they do. Like, we know we know all about the BC NDP and stuff. They don't really do much of the stuff that they say they're going to do. They tend to start oh. negotiating with themselves as soon as they get in because because they're basically they have Democrat brain. You know, yes. we, we it's, it's Canada has two Democratic parties, uh, one of which is like, you know, the, the Warren, the, the Warren Democrats. And then we have the Biden Democrats, basically. And, you know, the war it, and with the, the BC are in power and ND, when the NDP are in power in BC, it's not like they actually do much of the stuff they say they're going to do. No, in fact, sometimes they do exactly the opposite, like arrest, uh, like do the biggest mass arrests since Clay Quiet Sound, you know? It's like, for example, like, right. I think really, like I think. Fairy Creek arrests. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen video yeah. of that, but that's that's all under BC NDP Watch. So and how that, uh, how, how these kinds of actions translate to fulfilling a manifesto commitment of, you know, say, um, ending, ending uh, uh, oil and gas subsidies entirely. Right. I don't I don't see how those mesh up. I know provincial and federal parties are different of different organizations, different staff and so on. But, you know, I, hey, I, you know, the um, an NDP government, it would be great if we could try one, you know, uh, yeah. at, at, a, at a, even at, 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 in the sense that we, we do seem to have a bunch of them, but uh, they, we never seem to end up getting them once they get in office. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, this year, I think ideas that the NB, NDP you know, is ostensibly for and, and things like wealth taxes and more socialist policies seem like obviously good things after we've watched everything crumble uh, <laughs> due to the pandemic. And it seems like they could turn it into, you know, support, or at least you'd hope they would. But then you think back to like October 2019, when we had our last federal election, which by the way, was what, two years ago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I doubled I like doubled I did a double take when I saw that because I was like that couldn't have been that recent and it was it was only like two years ago and it was like it seemed like they might do okay and then they won no seats in Toronto they went down overall yeah they ate uh, shit yeah. yeah and so I don't know it's hard it's hard to keep up it's like being a Leafs fan you're like well I, I hope that maybe this will work out but I mean I think it's, also, it's- oh, so go ahead please Oh, it's also like a little bit of uh, every day is like Sunday, you know, looking at these platforms, like at least the the Tories and the NDP um, in that it was only two years ago that we had an election and then this cataclysmic event happens and you look at the platforms from that election and this election and they're they're not that much different. Mm. 
There's no, and they should be in, they should be wildly different. They should be. To- we just saw everything fall apart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're like, well, we'll uh, you know, eh, keep saying that. Yeah, well, we'll give you a little less student debt. How about yeah, that? Yeah, it's the, we'll yeah. call for various things or <laughs> hold people accountable. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's the. It's the it's it's I think the 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 NDP I think is it suffers from like yeah a lack of ambition reputational problems at the provincial level um, and also just like I think a real a real allergy to the wrong kind of progressive you know a real it has a it has a hard time you know getting beyond your it has a hard time getting beyond like you know your again like your the, the same demographic a Warren Democrat would reach out to. You know, it, because it's ultimately right. It's not there is. It's not like it's not like they've really tapped into a kind of you know movement politics. It is. It's yeah. the it's top down progressivism, which is always well. Here's what we're giving you, as opposed to the movement driven progressivism, which is here's what we are building and institutionalizing. Because Canada mm-hmm. is allergic to those kinds of movements, right? Or, or sorry, Canada. Like we almost go back to earlier, there are movements right for these kinds of things in Canada. Uh, there are they, 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 we say uh, these movements at Ferry Creek, for example, that's an energetic yeah. political movement. And the yes, only no party, no party to back it up. Well, there's one party taking it seriously, and it's the party who says that they're going to make it even more illegal to do that kind of thing. You know, right. If you're if you're going to if you're looking at that and saying, OK, well, we're going to end subsidies for, you know, oil and gas companies. It's like, well, no, that's not nearly enough. It's like, so, you know what? Like, jag me. Singh never seems to get like angry. Mm. He's talked. There's lots of uh, even news stories about this. He talks about that and how he like tries to. And I respect that. It's like try to be happy, try to bring joy to things. But I think that um, people are angry, and sometimes anger is not necessarily a bad thing to display if you are the leader, uh, especially on the left. It's like you can be angry. It taps into a real power. Mm. Uh, if if it's for the right thing. Well, the conservatives um, understand this. Exactly. Intrinsically, like they know it. It doesn't mean you have to be right? hateful or yeah. mean or or, you know, evil. It just means you can get mad. And mm-hmm. like Bernie got mad all the time. That's, yeah. And and like so here's here's an example, right, of um cuz for me the lit, the litmus test of is this a serious party is are they going to dismantle Canada's uh, like oil industry on day 1? Otherwise, yeah. they are not. It, look, will that like because that if only because anything less than that is like well, I guess we die then. <laughs> um, and but but the the I think the 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 good litmus test for are they taking any of the are they are they taking the problems themselves seriously is housing right because there is this relationship between the CMHC and the housing market uh, that mm. is essentially broken. That has broke. That has broken the Canadian housing market, and it will take. Uh, and it's one of these things that if you're going to tinker around at the edges of it, well, then house prices aren't going to fall. And he says uh, the the platform says um, that the new Democrats believe the dream of home home ownership shouldn't be. And listen to some fucking Democrat hedge language here. New Democrats believe the dream of home ownership shouldn't be forever out of reach for Canadian families. So it shouldn't be out of reach forever, but it should be out of Not reach forever. for a while. <laughs> Just for a little while. <laughs> That's why we will reintroduce 30-year terms to CMHC insured mortgages on entry-level homes for first-time buyers. Again, like, yeah. um, uh, this will. It, this is the same. This is the same. And yeah, they're saying, oh, we'll build 5,000 like uh, affordable units. It's not very many units. And like the actual policy that's going to touch most buyers is going to be something that's to do with mortgages. And by being like, yeah, we'll increase the maximum term. That just means the house's prices are going to go up more. Yes. Also, you know, all of their housing, all of the platforms, the housing like revolves around homeownership. And you don't really see people talking about uh, the huge number of people who rent um, and, and what they might do for them. Yeah. And I think that that's like that's a huge issue. Like the only thing that I think I saw the NDP really talked about was that they will extend the wage and rent subsidies till everything's fully reopened from COVID. Mm, then sure. you're on your own again. Sure. And it's yeah. like that's not really a solution to anything. 
Um, I think I think the NDP's approach to to housing is is really well illustrated in um, one of their candidates for Ottawa, I believe it is, uh, riding in Ottawa, had an incredible back and forth with uh, a Twitter account called Small Ottawa Landlords Association, <laughs> um, where this candidate was challenged by this Small Ottawa Landlords Twitter account on the NDP's housing platform. And she instantly folded and was like, of course, my parents are landlords. My, some of my siblings are landlords. Of course, we want to help the landlords. So I, I dug into this. Account. I was like, there's no way this could be real. This is bullshit. And uh, it turns out that account was actually run by one person. Um, but the CBC has like contacted the quote unquote uh, association for quotes on uh, like COVID evictions. And this guy has a YouTube channel where he's basically, he's gone on, you know, saying how to evict tenants during COVID, like just a totally reprehensible mm -hmm. person, like a piece of shit. And this NDP candidate, when challenged just by this anonymous account, you know, this tiny little account just folded instantly mm -hmm. and was like, no, 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 we love landlords. <laughs> we love our small landlords. We would never do anything to anger or hurt you. <laughs> Please don't. It's just go, like I don't, we're just saying that for the plebs. Come on, you know we're on the same side. Yeah, yeah. yeah like landlords like, aren't an oppressed class of people. No, they're not. And, <laughs> like, yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen any of the major parties with, uh, like you said, Raina, like like any any sort of uh, policy surrounding renters' rights, like evictions, mm -hmm. uh, even strength, even getting to the point of like having a uh, régie du logement in a province outside of Quebec, you know, like a, like a tenants board kind of like if I'm just, I'm, I'm on, I'm on, you said, uh, I'm going to do a little control effing right now. Uh, eviction does not appear on, um, the, uh, NDP housing policy. The word right appears four times by saying everyone should have the right to a safe and affordable place to call home. Then okay. right meaning correct. Uh, then a link saying that we have the courage to do what's right. And then the privacy policy that says all rights reserved. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> hey. we have um, uh. and like if you want to know what their actual plan is for renters, it is um, they are going to reduce the red tape around uh, the construction of new like co-op social and non-profit housing just again like good it's good that there is that and there should be more of it but it, you're not addressing it's it's a, the ndp seems to want to address a lot of these problems without confronting that like there are people who will need to be made to lose out like yeah. you can't confront the housing crisis in canada without like making some landlords lose out and if you're yeah. doing top-down progressivism that's unconnected to a movement, then if you have a policy where people lose out, unless they're like sort of cartoon villains like oil companies who, again, should be losing out and so on, yes, you should end their subsidies and do more. Um, but uh, if, you, if you don't have that, right, if it is, if it's because top-down progressivism is about saying to a bunch of non-progressive voters, we aren't scary, um, let us fix all of the problems that the other guys have come here and made so we can t keep this machine ticking over better, right? Mm -hmm. And if you say, by the way, the landlords will lose out, nope, doesn't work. You will not get that. It, it, it comes down to what you define as losing out. Mm -hmm. So like, um, for instance, if Vancouver Granville liberal candidate Talib Nur Mohammed, who has, uh, according to this article I'm looking at right now, has sold at least 42 Metro Vancouver homes since 2005, half of which were flipped within a year of buying them. So if uh, Mr. Nur Mohammed loses out by maybe not being able to buy another boat or whatever, <laughs> there's that. And then there's the people who lose out in, the ter in terms of uh, they live under a bridge now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that's, you have to define what lose means. <laughs> yeah, so again, it's like, it, it, it always seems right with, with the NDP, right? Where it's, well, I mean, most of what they're saying is sort of fine. Like th things that probably should be done as like a minimum. But um, it's, again, it seems to be just not taking, not taking a clear-eyed view at many of these problems because if you're not connected to a mass movement, you can't. There's just no way for you to yeah. do it. And so, you know, I, it's, 
ending up in ending up in government, you know, it's it's no surprise why the BC NDP acts the way it does, um, yeah. and why you know the federal why the federal NDP was so easily hoodwinked by that play where they ended up going to see a, going to see the Azov Battalion players and then deciding <laughs> to send small arms to Ukraine. Yes, those those keys were success just successfully jingled in the form of in the form of blood blood of our soil. <laughs> a real thing. A phrase that actually, I've I've a okay. phrase I've never heard of before today. Yeah, uh, a real thing that actually happened. To hear part two of our uh, fantastic episode with uh, Reina about the various platforms in the fucked vibes election twenty twenty one, you we're going to go over to the Patreon. We're going to talk about the rest of the NDP platform and, of course, the liberal platform. And which, I, look, I think the liberal platform is going to be great. I actually know nothing about it, but if I know anything about Canada, and I think that I do, I assume that it's going to finally contain uh, sensible evidence based solutions uh, to many common problems. So, uh, with all of that, we'll see you on the Patreon for a simple, a tiny, a minuscule, seven, a but seven Canadian dollars. Uh, per month. So uh, with all that out of the way, we'll either see you there or see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>